welcome back to the She Mentors podcast. My name is Ali Aidy. It's really lovely to have you here with me today. In this episode, I chat with Richard Joshi about the importance of celebrating different cultures and identities. She has an amazing e-commerce business called Jaw Nation, where she designs and sells clothes that celebrate cultural diversity. In this episode, we hear her story, how she started her business by watching YouTube videos, her thoughts on identity, and how she educates her children on cultural identity and self-acceptance. I really love this interview and I hope you do too. Richard, welcome to the She Mental Podcast. Thank you for having me, Ali. It's an honour. Yeah, we were getting very excited just before we hit record <laughs> because <laughs> Richard, you live in Western Australia, but I was just saying how it feels like we know each other and have met uh, each other, even though we haven't. No, we haven't. It's all <laughs> been online. And I keep telling a number of the girls in the She Mentor membership that, oh my God, I am so jealous and envious of all of you, even meeting face to face. I want to be there so bad. Yeah, we need to fly you in. That's what Oh, yes. Happen. Oh, yes. Yeah. We need to do yeah. that. Once except, you guys open up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, except the fact that nobody can actually meet up at all at the moment. But yeah, so we've got you on to talk about your amazing business, um, Jewel Nation, which I'm going to, I would love to hear lots about. Um, and we're also going to be talking about um, celebrating different cultures and identities. So we've got lots of really uh, juicy topics to delve into. So before we get into that, would you like to give everyone a little intro about yourself and your business? Sure thing, Ali. Uh, my business name is, business's name is Dual Nation. Um, what I aim to do with Dual Nation is to create designs and those that can be conversation starters for people who have blended DNA. Um, and Australia being a melting pot, let's actually make it a melting pot mm. and talk about multiculturalism and diversity in that vein. Um, and me, I am just richer. I have, um, I've had businesses before, uh, but that was on the other part of the world and before we moved to Australia as well. Um, and uh, that's it. I'm a mom to two kids and my husband is my best friend. <laughs> That's me. That's a lovely little side note. <laughs> so with Jaw Nation then, before we kind of get into your backstory, um, it's essentially an e-commerce brand. You design t-shirts um, and other products, I guess, that have different slogans that celebrate uh, people from different cultures coming together. Like I saw you had some really, really cute little baby onesies on there that had um, like, what's, what are the slogans that you put together? So some of, uh, so I have five signature designs on them. One of them, which you may have seen is can't lose, can't choose. So, you know, or can't choose, can't lose either ways because it is part of our DNA. So what I do is I create the designs and then in the ideation stage of the business, I put it on different merchandise that would suit. And it started out with just T-shirts. Um, and then it quickly, I found that there was a big market for rompers and people were interested in it because of the whole cuteness factor as well. And uh, so it morphed, it went, it went from T-shirts to rompers. And then somebody ordered, said, hey, can you put this design on an apron? I'm like, 
you got it, you know? So I moved to aprons and then I did water bottles for a long time. And then um, the, the interest died out, which is completely fine. It happens and luggage tags and all kinds of different merchandise. So the idea that I had and was her, what I'm hoping to do is it's like an everyday reminder saying, yes, I am from X country and I am living in say Australia and we can be both. So there are different slogans to go twice the pride, thrice the pride. Um, there's also twice the pride on the bottom of frumpers. Um, there's all kinds of different slogans. And, it, and I do custom designs as well. So it keeps changing. So, yeah. Mm, and they have like the different flags on there. And I just thought it was, I've never seen anything like that. Um, and I oh, really... uh, I will say it is definitely a unique idea because the other thing that happens is it's not a souvenir shop. So a lot of times the multicultural e-commerce stores or even the brick and mortar stores, we are looking at promoting our own culture, which is fantastic. However, I felt that with the whole idea of what I want to do is a meeting ground which says, yes, you can be both the cultures, be of everything that comes with those two cultures, whether it is traditions and practices, food, language, your, the way you look, talk, etc. And we have a meeting ground and that can be this. So therefore, it is definitely a unique idea. And uh, what is more, uh, I guess, identifying than the flag. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the two flags or three flags, sometimes six flags. So yeah oh, i love it so tell me like how did you get to this point in your career like what were you doing beforehand what was this kind of journey that led you to create your nation in all honesty there was nothing related <laughs> from my past life <laughs> so i started working when i was 18 16 18 um and i started as a banker and that time i wanted to just be a banker because i was like oh money oh i can give people money oh i can make money so i started out as i started out as a banker and then i decided and that was in india and i decided at that point of time that i wanted to know more about marketing and communication and hospitality and management and so i had uh, i was already uh, i already had a bachelor's degree in commerce but as I was telling one of the other she mentor uh, ladies, Lily, actually, that even now, if you ask me to look at a balance sheet, <laughs> I look at petty cash because everything goes there, which I can't <laughs> understand. <laughs> so it wasn't accounts that was very interesting for me. What interested me was marketing. And at that time, I'm 43, so 20, 22 odd years ago, there was no specific field of study that was just management at the undergrad level it was more at the um postgrad level so i went to america and i did a bachelor's degree in marketing and management and hospitality and a bit of what i do today came into play there where i was voted in by three thousand students to be the international students clubs president because we were talking diversity and inclusion 9-11 happened while I was still there, you know, so all kinds of things were happening. And that got me thinking about, yes, it has happened to me before where racism has happened when I was younger. I may not have recognized it because I was that young um, and so on and so forth. So that was the starting bit, I guess, for me to look at this option of creating conversations around diversity and inclusion. And then I got trained as a coach. So I started as a voice coach. 
Um, and um, it was more about clarif- clarity of speech. It was about speaking from the stomach, you know, and <laughs> using your voice and everything else. Started out as that. And then uh, due to some personal family reasons, I came back to India. And at that time, India in India, the BPO sector. So a lot of outsourcing was happening to India where a lot of customer service, um, I guess companies were, were literally like mushrooms everywhere. And I started working there and I got trained, da, 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 da. And I said, you know what? There is a big difference. And again, it comes back to that whole understanding of different cultures where a lot of the companies that were outsourcing their businesses to India to handle, they would expect the Indian staff to have the mentality of the US staff or the Australian staff or the European staff, which will not happen. And it showed very showed up very starkly in the way they wanted us to speak, the way they wanted us to dress. Now, India being quite warm, they were expecting us to wear full length suits with ties. And that just struck me as wrong. I'm like, how, how, what, what are you doing? You know, kind of a thing. And uh, coming from a little bit of privilege, I was like, I'm going to use my voice. And so I branched out with a mate of mine and we started our own consultancy agency where we did a lot of cross-cultural training. We did a lot of voice training. We did a lot of, uh, you know, management training as well, where all of a sudden India had a lot of retail outlets. Children were coming into a village. There weren't children then, now they look like children to me. <laughs> but children were coming and selling hamburgers, which they'd never even seen before. You know, they were selling fries and they were asking, would you like to have Coke with that? And that's not the Indian culture. There was a different food. There's obviously a different whole food industry there. So we started working with those kind of people to make them understand how things can work with a win-win situation with all these new jobs coming in, um, higher uh, personal income and disposable income and all kinds of things and mindset. And then we moved to Australia. So (laughs) that was my journey there. But with Dual Nation, it started out uh, because of my son. And this is a story that I've shared with the New Humans of Australia people as well. When Nicola reached out to ask me the same question that you asked me, Ali, I I mean, what I shared was what I'm telling you now. My son was three. He obviously doesn't remember it. And the children who were unknowingly and unintentionally um, racist towards him obviously also were not knowing that they were doing something like that. Uh, It was just the conversations they might have overheard their parents, their community, their society having. Uh, Because he came home one day to say that I need to wash him a little and scrub him a little bit harder so that his skin would get lighter because the children in the daycare setting had refused to play with him because he was dirty and because he was dark. So I started with just getting those cheap old Kmart transfer papers and created two flags. At that time, we were just PR holders, but I wanted to explain to him that it is okay for him to be proud of being Indian, of having a different color of skin. It didn't make him any less of a human. Plus, I wanted him to recognize that he was also in a country like Australia, where on paper, (laughs) 
there's a lot of acceptance for multiculturalism and stuff. So just started that journey with him. And I put it on his T-shirt that he used to wear to kindergarten and daycare. And uh, it slowly became, oh, I want this too. Oh, Richard, did you do this? And all of a sudden I was like, ooh, okay. So this is a needed concept. And so yet again, going back into my past, Again, that whole thing was coming back where the conversation needed to happen about acceptance and tolerance. And my work with a couple of the not-for-profits in Queensland with multicultural groups also revealed the same thing. So that's when it morphed into a business idea and an e-commerce model. That's amazing. Um, You did such a lovely job with your son at that point. Like That would have been heartbreaking to hear that. What yes. did you say to him like at that, well, in that time? At that time, all I told him, I, I showed him the different colors of black and brown. And because he was three, obviously I couldn't talk genetics. He wouldn't understand that. He wouldn't understand DNA, but he loved chocolate. So I showed him, I said, you love chocolate and chocolate is brown and you love it because it's tasty and you know you love having it as a treat and it's different. And that's how I talked to him about that. Mm-hmm. And I found that giving him a small mini globe, yes, he was just three, but showing him, see, this is India on the globe and you've got to fly this much to come to Australia and da-da-da-da-da. And we started, my husband and I started talking more and more about our growing up years as well as to how it was in India to create that reference because at three, obviously he didn't remember anything of Bombay or of India. So just talking about the different traditions and showing him that it was a, it was good to be Indian. It was good to be different, you know? So that's what those different conversations uh, around Indian food as well and Indian music that he would hear me and my husband driving to with him looking like what you know kind of a thing <laughs> so all the things those different different layers that we started talking to him about uh to make him understand yes that he was different but different wasn't bad and what was the reaction he said had a really positive reaction when you sent him to childcare in the t-shirt um, yes it was what yeah what did people say to you they like they were like oh my god this is so cute where did you buy it and i'm like oh, i didn't buy it i made it <laughs> <laughs> i was like ah this was me um and they didn't ask him because obviously young children do not understand what is what this whole thing means they're they are learning from their environments as i said before but there, in that particular uh, daycare environment, there were a number of educators who were from a different country as well. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, thank you for doing this. This is so cool. And um, there's a very big multicultural festival that happens in Gladstone in around this time of the year. And they said, oh, we would like to wear this. We would like to do it. I'm like, sure, I can do it, but I have to charge, you know. So they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine, you know, and we want to do it. So that was the, that was that, that ripple effect of the conversation, of that just small bit of pride, saying it is okay to be both mm. and not just one. Yeah, that's so, that's brilliant. And no wonder the childcare educators were like, we need more of these, like, in childcare, that's, yeah, it's such a lovely way to represent different cultures and identities. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So just like logistically, if you had no experience like in design or like building an e-commerce website, like all of that stuff, because as you know, like lots of people in the She Rentals community, they're like aspiring business owners and they might be thinking, how do you get started building something like this? What did you do? 
one by being really stupid. Because <laughs> 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 so at the start of any kind of business idea, obviously it is in our head and we have the beautiful plan or we've written it down and done mind mapping and we've done all the business planning and stuff, but we can't do everything. We're not experts at everything, but I thought I was. You know, <laughs> I was 100% sure I was. So I started watching YouTube videos because YouTube can teach you anything. So I, I already knew that I, I didn't know what e-commerce per se meant, uh, but I wanted my website to be on WordPress because I'd been a blogger for many, many years and I knew that platform at least. Obviously, it had changed since I was 13. <laughs> everything so I, I i hopped onto youtube and one thing led to the other and gave me the confidence to say yes i can build my own website because control freak it is mine you know um so <laughs> you've been there ellie <laughs> i've been there i literally did the same thing i was like i'm gonna build my own website on wordpress so i've been exactly. there yeah. <laughs> yeah so i did all of that and i thought i created a pretty great one uh it looked nice and, da, 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 and everything and it started and when i launched it when i saw the orders coming and no glitches happening i was like yay nailed it you know um and then when i started getting out of my own head to understand what kind of industry i would i was in when it comes to dual nation that's when I realized, oh, there's something called e-commerce, is it? So <laughs> I launched the website and then I created the Facebook page. <laughs> because when they ask you, you know what industry, I'm like, hey, I'm not retail. Uh, there's nothing for solopreneur. There's nothing for passion project, you know, um, or the best brilliant idea in the world. Also, <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no category for that. So that's when I realized it was e-commerce and I started learning more about it. And it was all YouTube and it was also um, reading, reading a lot more about what it entails, just not just the website, but also you know, groups like yours, like She Mentors. At that time, obviously, I didn't know She Mentors, but there was a couple of Facebook groups that a lot of conversation would happen about different things. And I was like, oh, aha, yes, you know. And so that's how it happened. Um, now I can thankfully say I will never build a website in my entire life again. <laughs> I feel like once you've done it once you're like never again you just like outsource no. it but the first time I think especially this is what I find inspiring about your story is that you know you could have you could have spent a fortune outsourcing the web development to someone and paying a contractor to build it for you and you didn't even know if the concept was going to work so I think that's why it's really good to start from scratch and just build something yourself and just test it see if it works even if it doesn't look perfect just get it out there and then once you've got proven you know, you validated that your concept works, then you can spend some money and improve the site and do all those great things. So I think it's really admirable that you just started doing it yourself. Oh, thank you. Um, I think it also comes back to us as founders for different ideas where, yes, I joke about it, that it was all about control, but the other thing that was very important, and I'm sure you felt it the same way as well, Ali, um, is that when we know how the system works, if it breaks, we know what to do. So knowing the entire process also gives us the power of actually talking about it and asking other people for help. If I don't know anything about how website works, which I really don't know much anyways, I'm not a coder, neither am I a, a de development person. Um, it really helps to 
know the ins and outs. And once you know that, and then like you said, you have a little bit of money in the account, you can go, thank you, that's your baby now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Then you can outsource all those things and you're like, yeah. Oh gosh, yes, it feels so good to outsource. Yeah, oh. doesn't it? After doing everything yourself, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah, but at least I don't feel like a fool when my uh, my current um, web, web developer, when she says, do you understand what I'm trying to do with this? Yes, I do. Thank you yeah. very much, you know. So, because I would read horror stories of people who would outsource, but they didn't know how to even maintain their own website, mm. which is not a hard job, but it still requires a little bit of knowledge of it. So having been where you and I've been, if something does happen to the She Mentors website or my website, at least we know we could do a little bit of research here and there and then be able to fix it for the time being. So mm. that also makes a big difference as well. Yeah, it's very empowering to know that. And plus, you don't then spend a fortune on like a retainer with, you know, a development company and have no idea what you're really paying for. So I think exactly. it's, yeah, it's really important to have that. Um, mm. so, who, so in terms of like, you know, how you mentioned that you you kind of were reaching out and creating partnerships with different companies and what, is that in the education space or like how do you partner with companies? And, well, in all honesty, initially, um, the company that I am still partnering with and have been since the day we launched, uh, I launched Dual Nation is another startup founder. Called, uh, her name is Lisa Papa, and she started Little Kids Business. So it's an online boutique for kids and baby wear and items, you know, education items, all kinds of things that are related to babies and parents. And she reached out and she said, hey, I'm looking to add you onto the directory. I think you're unique, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? And I thought about it and I was like, Ooh, that's a great idea because it just means that there's a little bit more reach and all the things that happens with the collaboration angle. So I partnered with her and I still partner with her. In fact, I just got paid for the last couple of weeks as well by her, you know, and everything. And that was new for me because I had not thought about the angle of partnering. Not that I don't believe in collaboration, but I just didn't know who to go to. I didn't want it to be out there where it's not exclusive anymore as well. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted the reach to be there for people to know. So Little Kids Business and I partnered there. And um, I got lucky where a couple of the food vans in Gladstone decided to partner with me. And they said, you just do our, you know, they were obviously uh, selling non-Australian fare in their food vans. So they said, why don't you do our uniforms? Done, you know. So those kind of things happen. And when we moved here, one of the children's boutique actually gave me shelf space in their own brick and mortar store. That was like, a, I was shaking. Oh, <laughs> Ali, I was shaking. When she, oh, the first time I saw them displayed in a store, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I peed myself in excitement. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. And you absolutely like should be excited by that. Yeah, so that was very, very exciting. So, yeah, so that's how the collaborations worked. At this present space where I am collaborating is more on with my podcast where I am getting a lot of different people to come on board and talk. And I'm branching that uh, podcast currently under Dual Nation because it's in the same vein of diversity inclusion and just to create different kind of, uh, you know, I guess avenues you know, mm -hmm. for not just the brand reach, but also for the conversation that is behind Dual Nation. Yeah, I love it. And what's your podcast?
Cascold, give a little shout out. <laughs> the podcast is called the same, same, but different podcast. Yeah, go and listen to it. It's really good fun. You, you're just such a natural host. I really enjoy listening to your voice and the stories that you share. So yeah, d- definitely go check that out for everyone listening. Um, and going back to sort of the cultural diversity piece that you talk about. Um, you've lived across the world in obviously lots of different countries, as you mentioned at the start of the interview. Um, what have you learned about other people and their attitudes to culture and race? Because I know we've had conversations in the membership about this and You've had some difficult stories that you've shared and been really brave. Yeah, at least you created you created that safe environment for that conversation, Ali. And I think it opened up a lot more people up within our membership with Team Mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, where people were good, where we're given the chance to open up just because of you. But having said that, to answer your question, um, what I feel is uh, uh, looking back at it as an adult. I think people generally are very, very, are not very, very, but they are very resistant to anything that causes a conflict. Now, that conflict can be because of changed routines, because of a new person. Oh, the person looks different. Oh, they're speaking a different language. They smell different. You know, so that kind of conflict. We're very resistant to it. But at the same time, we're also listening and we've been always taught to um, heed our intuition because of the fight, flight, freeze uh, mechanism that is already coded. So while that is not a bad thing, we are no longer being attacked by saber tooth, you know? So we really need to start thinking about how we react to something that is causing us conflict, especially if it's a human uh, who is different from what we are used to. So that's what I've seen happen across the different countries and cultures and people. It is very natural to have it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's a very natural reaction. However, at the same time, what I've also found is that from both sides, if we are able to create a connection, whether it be on the uh, the amount of poop the baby does <laughs> and how hard mm-hmm. parenting is or if it is at a shared viewpoint about politics could be politics whatever it is when we create a connection we are giving both sides that chance to build on it and to have a conversation and when conversations happen understanding happens and when understanding happens it is hoped that it will create a more harmonious, a more um, tolerant community in a society. So that is the hope. So that's what I've seen happen. Have I, ha- I come from privilege. I come from an upper middle class Indian family with academics on, in both of my parents and we've traveled the world because of them and individually as well. So I come from that privilege, but I do see what happens Look at us, you and I are talking. I know 10 things more about you, Ellie, now, and you will know 10 things more about me. So that creates connection. Does this mean that we'll be best friends? Maybe, who knows? But will we continue that conversation? So, you know, so that creates understanding. Yeah, I love that. And I think when you say bringing people together and sharing those highs and lows and those moments, um, that's, I think, really what we were trying to do with that original event that you spoke at um, a few months ago. Because if you don't speak out about your past experiences and you're living it on your own, there is that tendency to think that it's just happening to you and that there's no one else going through it. And then you feel isolated and alone. And I think when you spoke about your experiences, 
so many people in the community reached out afterwards to you and to me and to everyone to say I was so inspired by Richard's story and I went through the same thing and it's actually giving people a lot of comfort when you hear even though it's you know some of the stories we heard were really awful and very it's an emotional event but I feel like it needs to be you need to have those difficult conversations don't you to get to that point yeah, and both sides need to have it. We, as people who may have been victimized, need to open up. It is hard, but we need to open up. And at the same time, those who are who, who we are speaking and sharing our lived experiences with also need to hear these stories because a lot of times I get to hear this, not just within, not and it's not just Australia that I'm talking about, but just generally I get to, oh, but I don't see color yeah right you know what are you talking oh but i never thought of you no but you did you know so that's the thing so both we don't as as and i say this with respect white people don't realize what the non-white people have gone through non-white people think white people don't understand so that conversation needs to happen and we both need to speak up and be both have both sets have to uh be open and understanding and creating safe spaces where those conversations can happen yeah i totally agree and i think the more we talk about it the better you know it's, it's one thing just to have a have one event about it and then it's like okay it's, but it needs to be a continuous conversation and i think yeah that's why it's so important that we continue to talk about these things and listen and learn so thank you for sharing those um, experiences at that event and just continually with our members. I think it's really appreciated. Oh, thank you. I, I, I found a safe space and I opened up. That's what happened there. Thank you for creating it. Ah, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, and just a couple of questions around identity. Do you want to talk about why that is so important and how your identity has been shaped by your sort of experiences and who you are now? So I always tell people, the first thing that I get told about identity for me specifically is, you sound very American, you sound very Aussie, you sound very Indian. What has happened is over having lived in different countries and their cultures, I've picked up certain words and certain nuances in language that has completely bastardized my own version of English. <laughs> So I sound different through the day um, when I'm talking to different people and when I'm talking to, say, my husband, I'm speaking in a very Hindi English, very Indian accent. So it just changes. So that's my identity. I walk, I've, I've had the chance to walk in so many different cultures, live, experience and breathe those cultures that for me, sometimes I feel the word cosmopolitan applies a lot more or a world citizen, uh, you know, applies more. Um, and that has shaped my identity because I can see, like they always say, Ali, travel opens up the mind. When we travel, we see, we learn, we experience. So that is what has shaped my identity. Am I perfect at it? No. I still don't understand why we say Arbo in Australia. So, you know, <laughs> I get very confused with that. But having said that, it's just part of the whole thing. So, so if we decide to leave Australia and go back or go to a different country, I will carry these parts of what I've learned and picked up in Australia and take it with me there. So that's another layer to my language and my thinking. So that's what my identity, it's a little bit confusing when we are young as adults and teens where we are trying to morph into our own selves. It's very confusing. Who am I? What am I? We're all of it. So that's how I am. 
I really relate to that as well because obviously I'm from the UK originally, but live in Australia. And my partner's Australian and we have a little two-year-old Eva. And so we're saying different things like courgette and aubergine and saying different things. And I'm teaching her one way and Connie's teaching her the other way. And I've got this kind of weird mix of Aussie and English. And and I think what you're saying, what I'm really enjoying about your sort of perception of identity is that you should be proud of the fact that you have all these little nuances and that it's okay to be like that. Because sometimes I get a bit of the guilt that I'm leaving behind my UK sort of heritage in some way. Like I feel, I feel guilty. Like if my mum caught me saying the wrong word for something, she'd be like, that's, you know, what are you doing? You're not Australian, you're English. And it's like, I like your, your stance on it. Being proud of it's, it. It, it, there is no other way to be with, with, I mean, and you and I know migration has been around for eons. It's not stopping. It's not going to stop, right? Well, right now with COVID, yes, but that's not migration, right? But, uh, you know, so it's going to continue. The more we understand others, I hope that in the future we will become one color though. You know, so that is the other part of it. But having said that, having all these different words and languages, imagine Eva as she grows up and she's going to, in her brain, the synapses will go, aubergine, eggplant, same thing. My child comes and plays with Eva, she'll say, brinjal. That's three new words in her vocabulary and her brain is switching so fast between them. And that just makes that brain work harder Mm -hmm. as it's supposed to. You know, so that's what I look at. And I look at my kids, even like just a couple of days ago, we went to an Indian um, festival thing. And initially my kids, when we walked into the setting, children were talking in Hindi, in Mariali, in Tamar. And for a second, they were like, whoa, you know, and I could see on their faces the confusion. But within minutes, because they came back to the cadence of the languages, they were fine. But if I had never exposed them to the different languages of India or English or whatever it is, that intonation will not make any sense to them and they will feel alienated as well. But seeing their brains, you know, fire up, oh, that turns me on. That's just like, ooh, they're using <laughs> their brains, yay! <laughs> yeah, and they're so, so adaptable at that age, aren't they? They can absorb oh so many, like, languages and you forget like really how incredible they are, the little brains forming. Oh, oh my gosh, yes, yeah, that's very true. I've forgotten German. I don't know how to speak German anymore. So what you're saying then with Eva is that I should actually be like, okay, so this is an aubergine, but in Australia they call it eggplant. It's you can do it that way and you can do both because she gets to learn two different words for the same thing and it forces her to switch between those two words and come back down to the same conclusion, right? Mm. So there's nothing wrong with it. And it doesn't have to be just a sit down thing. You can one, when you're serving it to her, you can say, hey, Eva, this is Brinjal. And she'd be like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> in her head, obviously. <laughs> and then you'll be like, and within the same sentence, do you like the aubergine? Oh, do you know aubergine is a color as well? And then you can say, guess what? A lot of people call it eggplant. So you're giving her three different words, forcing her to think and coming down to the same conclusion, which is hopefully, yum, mommy, I want to eat more of it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the goal. (laughs) 
Always that the goal. Cool. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting. That's a good little tip for me because I keep we keep battling over what we call things and I, I'm not changing what I call something and Connie's obviously not changing what he calls something because we're living in Australia and we have this constant battle <laughs> of what it's called. And so, yeah, I think that's I'm going to start doing that. Be like, yeah, in the UK we say this and here in Australia we call it this and, yeah. And it's still the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any other tips with bringing up, you know, the next generation and your, your children about dealing with these topics, you know, identity and uh, celebrating difference? If I were to give that kind of advice to adults so that they can impart it for their children, I would say never stop conversing with them about who they are and why they are unique. This whole sheep mentality is something I don't deal well with, but that's on me, you know, kind of a thing. But also explaining to them why certain things happen. Yes, some topics are very complex for them to grasp at their ages. But if we start that conversation, we are also inviting them to come to us should a situation happen to them. When my son was called dirty, we dealt with it the way I dealt with it. In the next couple of years, when he joined formal school, he went to year one. He, his name is very hard to pronounce, but that's a language syntax thing, right? So they were not able to do that, but he had the confidence. And this is just my example, our example, that he had the confidence to come to me and say, hey, mom, they can't say my name correctly. So we could teach him, it's an avenue for teaching as well, to show him how he could make it easier for the non-Hindi speaker to say his name. And they all say it correctly now. So never stop having that conversation with your children because this whole homogenized thing and not celebrating being different is what has led us to trouble many, many times in history as well, starting from God knows when to even now. And we don't seem to be learning that different is not bad and just continue having that conversation. If it is something that we want to do in a workplace environment, especially as women, because I mean, well, the world is run by girls. That's how I look at it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As adults, we can continue to educate ourselves by actually making the effort of meeting people who are not maybe from the same industry, not from the same uh, training background and as Because when we start talking to people, just like when we read books, our brains explode with ideas and imagination. When we start conversing with people who are different from us, we get that chance of learning something new. And that in itself is so exciting. I think we've all gotten a little, and I've done it too, where uh, we say, oh, it's just too much of an effort. Oh, what if I offend them? Oh, this is politically correct. I say to shit with all of that, just go up and say, hey, listen, I think what you're wearing is phenomenal. What is it called? And please tell me about it. And that can be done respectfully instead of going up and, oh, which has been said to me, oh, you're wearing a fantastic costume. I'm like, it's not a costume, man. We wear this at home all the time, you know? So those kind of things, so everything can be done respectfully. And then filter that down in understandable ways with our children because, I mean, enough is enough, isn't it? Let them be the true leaders of the world by knowing about differences and celebrating it. Yeah, and, you know, diversity has been proven to unlock 
creativity and drive innovation, you know, time and time again. So I think, as you said, it's really important not to just keep hanging out with the same people day in, day out. And that's one of the reasons we have the She Mentors membership. And it's so that you can actually meet people who you wouldn't normally rub shoulders with, you know, like I would never have met you in real life because you live in Western Australia. (laughs) I know, right? You're so far away. That is exactly true. And I love what I see in the She Mentors membership. Every time the month resets and I'm looking at someone to talk to, whether it is just to exchange ideas or just to get to know them, I look at what they're doing and I'm like, wow, how many different walks of life is this membership full of and it's such an electric conversation to have with people who we would never have met just like you know you said you know we've never have met them and it's virtual yes but one day one day oh yeah yeah i'm gonna give you a big cuddle one day Oh my gosh, you'll have to get in line. I think Wari is taking all the tokens for say, now. Yeah, everyone wants to have a cuddle. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, it definitely is there. Um, and diversity is not just about uh, racism, is it? It's also about neurodivergent people. It is about all the different genders we have now and all those conversations. So yeah, it, it just brings so much more to the table when we are accepting of diversity oh thank you for this wonderful conversation and um, where can people find out more about you and obviously spruik your lovely website as well because i want people to go and order some fabulous t-shirts and rompers and things like that oh my god yes so if you're looking for something that celebrates your rich and blended dna head on over to www.dualnation.com.au and dual is spelled d-u-a-l nation.com.au um the uh, the brand is also on facebook as twice the pride and on instagram and you get to see me dancing just a little bit because reels are in <laughs> on instagram um if you're looking to hear what i talk about in the uh, about different topics when it comes to diversity inclusion equity and acceptance head on to the same same but different podcast you can listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts and come and find me there <laughs> all right i'm going to leave a long list of all the amazing places that people can connect with you definitely watch richard on the reels insta reels <laughs> dancing around just having a lovely time and yeah like you have been such a support to she mentors and i really really love having you in the membership so thank you for all you do Thank you, Ali, for creating that kind of a space where we can be ourselves because business owners are, especially founder business owners, are the loneliest and the craziest bunch I've ever met. <laughs> and we need support. <laughs> we need support as, oh gosh, we need support and spaces to talk about everything that we talk about. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much and I'll see you um, at an event soon. Of course, Ali. Thank you so much too. Thanks to Richard, Joshi for that amazing interview. Go and support a local Aussie business and visit jawnation.com.au and bag yourself one of those t-shirts she was talking about. I really love the designs, I'm sure you will as well. Uh, Richard is also in the membership and available for mentor hours. So if you'd like a virtual coffee with her and talk more about this topic, then head over to shementors.com.au or you can follow us on Instagram at shementors. All right, catch you next time.